Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Yes, my name is Curtis Halbrook. Uh, I did my undergraduate studies here, and I am currently in my second year of my master's, getting a master's in music performance and music education. And it is a ton of work, but we are here, and I enjoy every second of it. Uh, Per normal, I have a picture of my family and some of my extended family because this was the only picture I could find of my full family that wasn't blurry on Facebook. Um, So all the way on the left, we have my mom, Michelle, my dad, Ray, my little brother, Judah, who's 14. This is a, like the most 14 thing ever. He did a young entrepreneurs thing yesterday and made like $270. And the first thing he did was get home and bought an Oculus VR headset with it in, within like five minutes. So that's my little brother, my older brother, Caleb, and then my lovely extended family, my Aunt Jamie, and my grandpa, Ray, or my pops. Uh, Today, my testimony is titled, I Walk a Lonely Road, the Only Road That I Have Ever Known. Yes, this is a Green Day quote from Boulevard of Broken Dreams. If you will take a second with me as music major, performance, whatever, I do a lot of this and I have to get in front of people when I'm nervous and I heard a while ago that a lot of performance anxiety comes from people forgetting to stay in the moment. They think about only the things in the past and the things that could possibly come in the horrible moments as you stand in front of stay on front of us people on stage um, and you can only think of what could possibly go wrong. So if you can just take a moment with me, take a breath. Feel the ground beneath your feet. Hear the people sitting restlessly next to you. Take a look around at the people who are next to you and who stand in front of me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. This is what Jeremiah tells the people of Jerusalem after they have been run out of their home by the Babylonians. Jeremiah tells them of the promises that God has that are to come. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. This is what the Lord tells Joshua after the death of Moses. And it is now up to him to lead the Israelites into the promised land. This is where I find myself. For a few months now, Derek and I have been meeting on a regular basis, talking about all things life and life that is to come post-Truman. During these talks, he gave me an assignment around Briggs's birthday, uh, when he turned 13, to reflect on that time of my life. As I sat down to answer these questions, I quickly realized I had thought very little of this time of my life. And all that I can think of is the hurt and the pain that I had during this time. I've always been a fan of the saying, you can't change the past, so don't let it change your present. But as I stand here, a 23-year-old second-year master's student who is unable to answer these very basic questions about being 13, 
as I'm about to make a very big life change going back home and moving into adulthood with a big boy job. Maybe I should look back on my life and see how I got here. If you ask me questions about my life at face value, I would have few very bad things to say. I grew up in a loving family who always cared for me and helped me pursue any passion that I had, even the silly ones that they knew would, not, would never pan out. Even now, as I look back on my college career, I only look at it with fond memories, like my freshman year roommate and the insane sleep schedule I somehow kept for way too long, a mass amount of stolen wet floor signs from fast food restaurants in Kirksville, numerous awards and achievements that I have won while playing music here, my insanely busy music schedule and how I used to tell my mom, I think this semester is going to be a little lighter than the last one. It never was. Dual screen TVs in my living room so we could watch as much football with all my roommates as possible or just sports and video games in general. And you'd probably hear about my very bad ACT score, how much I hate the ACT, but also how very proud I am of the bachelor's degree that I have earned and how very close I am to getting not only my second degree, but my third. There's so much more I can talk about, but we can save that for another day. My college career and life as a whole feel as though they have been great. But in the process of reflection and asking a lot of questions, I can see now how not great these things have been. How much I have sacrificed and given up in my life for the sake of things that only last for but a moment. Even when I feel surrounded and loved by so many people, I can't help but to think about how soon they will no longer be there or how they may leave within but a moment's notice, leaving me in a spot I feel although familiar with, loneliness. I grew up in rural Missouri in a town called Peevely. It's about 30 minutes north of St. Louis County proper. My life was fairly simple. Uh, I lived very close to all of my extended family and we were quite close. I regularly played with my cousins at the local park and was babysat by my grandma, who all lived within 10 minutes of my house. Excuse me, that was a little gross. I remember playing in our backyard until sundown with my dad and my brother. Like I said, life was simple. When I was eight though, this all changed. I was told that we were moving to Carlsbad, New Mexico, a town so foreign to me that would then become my home for the next year. I remember the tears and the pain I felt as we stood in my grandparents' kitchen all saying goodbye, not knowing the next time I would see these people I had grown up around for so long. The 16-hour car ride gave me a lot of time to think about what was to come next and why in the world this was happening. I was scared, but I was trusting my parents to make the best decision for me and our family. As I mentioned, this was short-lived. At age nine, we moved back, planted at a church for a little while, and then had to move again. I lived in three different houses since my move to Carlsbad and was a part of so many different churches. Constantly having to make new friends and meeting new people in general, all I wanted was to be somewhere stable. You see, my parents are worship pastors by trade. They helped instill my love for music, and I thank them very much for that. But all of these moves were a lot. I hold no resentment towards them for these moves, but they were all just very hard.
what I now realize about this time is that I was scared of being alone. I had so many friends whipped away from me from brutal move after brutal move that I had no say in. Every new place I went to, I just wanted people my own age there to talk with. I remember finally getting back into the public school system and thinking to myself as a slightly chubby nine-year-old, or 11-year-old, excuse me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't care, I need to make friends and fast. And I did just that. These friends were not great friends. I found myself constantly being picked on and bullied, being called names left and right that I will never forget. But they wanted me around and that's all I cared about at the time. Because of this group of friends, I picked up many, many bad and sinful habits that I still struggle with today. My vocabulary of cuss words expanded greatly. I learned many sexual innuendos, discovered pornography, and all of the sexual sins involved with pornography. All for the sake of a few friends. Jumped to today, and I talked to none of these people, and that's okay. Many of these friends went on to go to high school with me, and we were cordial, but kept at arm's length. As around this time, I finally got planted into a church, Destiny Church. This is where I would call my home for a few years. Here I learned how to grow my faith. I met some of my best friends ever, as well as my best friends still to this day, and life was pretty great. Outside of Destiny though, I still found myself lonely, putting on faces and changing to keep people around. I had my first real girlfriend around my freshman year of high school, and she broke my heart to no surprise. I, constantly, I was constantly in relationships, trying to fill a hole in my heart that seemed unfillable, and I didn't know why. I will never forget my junior year of high school when we were a few weeks out from our spring band trip, and my band director looked at me and asked, who are you dating right now? Because even he knew I couldn't be alone. Shockingly, the answer was nobody, and I was offended that he even assumed this and I should have taken it as a warning instead. I finished high school having two more semi-serious relationships, the last of which I carried into college. I left college with a strong faith, still planted at Destiny Church. Back home, everything seemed great in my life. The summer leading into my freshman year of college, I got my first tattoo on my chest, and it says, my prayer is that when I die, all of hell rejoices that I'm out of the fight. I truly believed my faith was strong enough to withstand any test I could think of, as I was now on my own for the first time, and I was wrong. I had few worries going off to college. As soon as I got here, I made so many friends who were all in my major, and they were some of the best friends, still are some of my best friends to this day. The problem is I soon realized how much work college was going to take. I quickly began to prioritize my studies over my relationship with God and I was lost. I was semi-serious about attending a church in town, but I watched myself fall further and further into sexual sin throughout my freshman year. The relationship that I was in did not help with any of these problems at all. And in the summer following my freshman year, I broke up with the girl I walked into college with. I did not know what was in store next for me. Thankfully, during this time, I was home. I had my home church group at Destiny to learn from, and they helped me through every step of what came next. I told myself I would take some time, figure some things out, no more dating for a while. To be honest, this did not last for very long. 
Coming back to college my sophomore year, I met my current girlfriend, Bridget Boyle. And we've been in a happy relationship since with only some very major ups and downs along the way. Despite what I told myself over the summer, I saw something different in her and decided to forego this notion of staying single and we started dating. Through the start of our relationship, I found myself struggling with these long-term sexual sins still. I compromised in so many ways to make myself look better in her eyes and so I wouldn't hurt her with what I was doing in private. I was a liar and I never realized it. These lies led to so many hurt and so many not fun talks that we had to have. We frequently found ourselves back in the same situation asking why I continued to do all of this even though I knew it would hurt her and if I was doing it, why did I not tell her sooner? At the time, I almost didn't know why I hid all these things from her. It's what I had always done. Where was my strength? Where was my courage? How is there anything in this path of mine that God can prosper from here? It took a while for me to figure out any of these steps that I needed to take in order to figure out the mess that I was in. During my junior year, was when I finally decided I was going to prioritize my Sundays and make sure I was coming to church to the best of my abilities. Dang it. I soon found myself in morning prayer once a week and slowly this process, uh, this was a slow process, but one that I was able to achieve over the course of a few years. This semester, I've joined a small group that I haven't missed a week of yet. I joined Sam Willoughby and Tyler Becker's small group, Unwanted, How Sexual Brokenness Leads to Healing. The small group is named after the book we are reading, and it's been very great so far. The book doesn't claim to have all the answers, but it does outline a few different key moments as to why we may have sexual brokenness, and one that hit home with me was honor versus honesty. The book describes how most people feel that in order to keep their honor, they need to be dishonest in some way. I now see that this is where I was at the start of my relationship with Bridget. And in my mind, there was no way that I could keep my honor and honesty and that these concepts could not be two sides of the same coin. What the Bible tells us though is that not only can they be put together, but they should be. In recent months, I've stopped running from these feelings and faults and I've been honest with myself, my relationship, and with people in general around me. And I feel that I'm starting to find this balance. In the midst of all this loneliness, I have lost three very important things that I continue to miss more and more every single day. First, my grandma, my nanny to be specific. She passed away just after my junior year ended, and she was always one of my biggest supporters throughout everything I faced. I still tear up thinking about how she never got to see any of my recitals for school and never got to see me graduate with my bachelor's. Next, my grandpa Kelly. He was a Marine who exemplified every quality of what being a Marine would be. To be honest, we weren't incredibly close, but he was the type of person who made you feel like you were the only person in the room, even when he had no idea what you were talking about. And lastly, my church group at Destiny. 
our pastor left to pursue a new calling, and the new pastor who was brought in made a lot of changes, and it doesn't feel like the home I used to know. All the great people that were there every time that I came home are no longer left. Pile on top of that, all of my friends that I started my college journey with have left to finish the program we all started together, have become big adults, and have gotten new jobs. I feel alone. I'll be honest, this story does not get wrapped up in a nice pretty little bow where I get to show you where I'm at on the other side. I'm still very much in the thick of it all. I wrestle with all these thoughts of loneliness and if they will ever stop. I still hide away my feelings so I don't have to come to terms with them and even finishing this testimony was quite a struggle. I find it hard to validate my feelings and sometimes that I am actually dealing with them because I have learned to just bottle them up for so long instead of facing them. But I'm reminded daily that God, I'm reminded daily about the love that God has for us and that there are, pe that there are people he has put in our lives to show us just a fraction of this love. Now, I have never been one for cookie cutter Hobby Lobby Bible verses that we all know and see all over the place, but I started the sermon with two and they've given me some comfort over the past few months. First, Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. After I graduated my bachelor's, my mom ironically got me a Hobby Lobby sign <laughs> with this Bible verse on it. And I stored it away for many months and never paid much attention to it. Stay. I hung it up recently, and as I'm starting to finish my college journey, it has helped me a lot. No matter how alone I feel, he has promised that he is still there. Dang it. Then when the stress piles up, the performances are every night of the week, and I have to find a way to get the Israelites into the promised land. He reminds me that I do not have to be afraid, but I can stay strong and take hold in the fact that he is right there wherever I go. Second, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is one I have on a little cloth bookmark that is made of one of my nani's old flannels. This is, was one of her favorite verses, and I keep it in my car around the gear shifter to remind me of this promise. The promise of the plans that the Lord has made for my life and have seemed, yeah, have seemed at times to show no chance to prosper. When I look back on them before, all I saw was hurt, pain, and suffering. Yet, as I take a step back now, I can see how he's always been right there. Through every uncertain step, every dark feeling, and every hard conversation, he's been right there beside me to remind me of the love and the and of his love and his plan for my life. If I can keep my faith in him, like the people of Jerusalem did after the time of suffering and captivity in the, the foreign land, I can find my hope for my future and the good that is to come. Let's pray.
Dear Lord, just thank you for this time that I've gotten to share this story that you have blessed me with. That through every hard time and every hardship that I face, you have been there and you are there for all of us, Lord. Give us the daily reminder that no matter what we face, you are there. Your love is boundless and that we are truly never alone. 